Ye Old Rule Book by Farah C. Christians shall not. Christians shall not play cards. Christians shall not dance. Christians shall not listen to rock and or rap music. Christians shall not go to R-rated movies. Christians shall not wear jeans to church, Stephen Massey. Christians shall not read or watch Harry Potter. Christian men shall not wear earrings. Christians shall not get tattoos. I didn't write the book. Christians shall not use tobacco products. Christians shall not drink any alcohol. Anybody I didn't offend? Did I miss anything? Sure I did. Did I hear chocolate? Oh no, that's not in the book. <laughs> no way. Now you may have you may have some very strong feelings about the list of rules that I just read and and you may have some very good reasons to hold such strong feelings about the rules that I just read. My point is not to offend anyone for the sole purpose of offending you. This morning I want to talk about grace. And I want to talk about freedom. I want to talk about mercy. I want to talk about love. I want to talk about rules rules. The title of my sermon, you look in your bulletin, is rule number one, there are no rules. And that's kind of scary to hear. What do you mean there are no rules? Of course there are rules. There are rules everywhere. We, we got to follow the rules, right? It's all about the rules. Man, this is such a hard sermon for me to preach. I have been wrestling with this sermon all week long. All, and I mean all week long. At 12.30 last night, I was still wrestling with this sermon. On how in the world, what do I say about this subject? How can I talk about this? What The words just, normally when I write a sermon, the words just flow. I mean, they just come pouring out of me as, as God's Spirit just talks to me. And this week, I mean, like drinking a cup of sand. It was just not coming. It was not flowing at all. And I... I cannot remember the last time I wrestled with a passage as much as I wrestled with this one. And the passage is really straightforward. It's easy to understand what was going on. It's easy to understand what Jesus was saying. It is the implications of this passage that make it so difficult to preach. We've been talking about the tough teachings of Jesus here on Sunday morning. The, the sermon series is called Hard Pill to Swallow. And we have dealt with some, some real controversial teachings of Jesus. Difficult things that he said to people. Today's passage is wonderfully difficult to comprehend because of what it just might mean for us. My prayer is that we will be stretched. Today that we will be stretched to the limits of our understanding of God's love and grace. 
Well, let's get started started by looking at the story. Um, in Matthew chapter 14, there's a very famous Bible story um, of Peter walking on the water. Jesus walks on the water out to his disciples in the boat. And, um, and uh, we're going to look not at that story, but we're going to look at the one following it in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 20. The disciples were in the boat with Jesus, and uh, they uh, went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee to a place called Gennesaret. And when the people of that region heard that Jesus was there, they, uh, they brought all their sick people to him, and they, they flocked to him. And, and, they, and Jesus healed them, and uh, the Bible says that they, even, they, they just reached out and touched the hem of his garment. They reached out and touched the hem of his garment, and they were healed. That's incredible faith right there. That if I just touch Jesus' clothes, I'll be healed. And sure enough, they were. That's amazing faith. Um, Some of the Pharisees, as we get into chapter 15, some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law came to Jesus to inquire of him. Now, who are the Pharisees? You may be wondering, who, who? we hear a lot about the Pharisees when we talk about Jesus in the New Testament, the Bible. Who were these guys? They were members of a religious group that believed in strict adherence to the law to the minutest detail. The name literally means the separated ones. They believed themselves to be the true Israel. Um, They were separate. They were above the nation. It was through total obedience to the law that they would prepare themselves for the coming of the Messiah. In Jesus' day, the Pharisees believed that their interpretation of the law was equal to the law itself. In authority, they believed that their understanding of how to obey the Torah was actually on par with the Torah. Jesus and the Pharisees, man, they went round and round on several different occasions. Uh, they, they butted heads all the time. Today's passage is no different. If you got your Bible, turn to Matthew 15. We're going to look at verses 2 through 9 to begin. Matthew 15, 2 through 9. The Pharisees come to him and ask him, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, Whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God, he is not to honor his father with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Um, If you're wondering what Jesus is talking about with regards to honoring one's father and mother in that little part there, I remember when when I read it, I was like, what in the world is he talking about? This is what it means. The Pharisees neglected their responsibility to take care of their parents by declaring uh, that their property was dedicated to the Lord and giving it to the temple treasury. In other words, they would say, well, all these things that I have that I should use in order to support my parents, to honor my parents with, all this stuff that I have to do that with, I'm sorry, I, I can't do that, Mom and Dad. It's a gift that I'm giving to the Lord. In other words, they were putting on a show. And they were saying, look at me. Look at all this stuff that I'm giving to the temple treasury. And all the while, they're neglecting their parents. And the, and the, uh, the, Jew, the rabbis of Jesus' day said that the, the most important commandment, the most important commandment of their day was to honor their father and mother. So they look good. 
They received the applause of men because uh, of their spirituality, but they neglected to support their parents in their old age. Well, then Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah from Isaiah 29, 13, when referring to the Pharisees. The Pharisees did not honor God with their, the Pharisees did honor God with their lips. They talked a good game, but they did not live out a relationship with God. They put heavy legalistic burdens on people and forgot the spirit of the law. See, there was a rabbinic tradition of of Jesus' day. The rabbis taught um, that uh, one would be spiritually unclean because of not washing their hands after dealing with the Gentiles. If you touched a Gentile, you would be ceremonially unclean, and you would have to ceremonially wash your hands in order to become spiritually clean. Any food you touched would, uh, would be unclean, and eating that food would make you spiritually unclean as well. Jesus challenges the religious legalism of the day by saying that it is what comes out of someone's mouth rather than what goes in that makes them unclean. Well, apparently this offends the Pharisees. The original title of this sermon was Offending Pharisees, but I didn't know how many Pharisees we had in the house and I didn't want to offend you. Um, But apparently what Jesus says to the Pharisees really offends them because the disciples take note of it. They, They actually say something to Jesus about it. Matthew 15, 12 through 20. The disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted would be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull, Jesus asked them? Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean, but eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. It's a matter of the heart is what Jesus says. It's what it really is all about. It's a matter of the heart. It's out of the heart that all sin flows. If your heart is full of filth and wickedness, then sin will be a natural byproduct. Jesus, over and over, addresses the heart in his preaching and teaching. It's what he talks about time and time again. He talks about it's a matter of the heart. We're going to talk a little bit more about this in just a few moments, but I I want to share something with you uh, this morning. I woke up this morning and, and... You're not going to believe this. I woke up this morning and there was a letter waiting for me. My wife had written me a letter. If I could have this microphone on here. um, I want Shan to read the letter to you. So Shan's going to read this letter that she wrote to me. My dearest Sean, this may sound a little odd after 10 years of marriage, but I feel as though I need to lay down some ground rules regarding our relationship. I feel like I'm being taken for granted. As you know, my current health condition has left me in a great deal of physical and emotional turmoil. Because of this, I need to know that I am loved. So here are the rules. Failure to abide by them will most likely lead to my divorcing you. So here they are. You will not give any other woman even a second glance. You will do the dishes each night before you go to bed. You will spend at least one hour per day talking to me without the television on. You will buy me all the clothes that I desire. You will cook your own meals. I do not want to cook meat for you because I'm a vegetarian and meat is gross. You will massage my neck and shoulders three times per week, my feet twice per week. You will bring me flowers every Friday afternoon on your way home from work. 
Because I have difficulty bending and reaching my toes, you will give me daily pedicures during the summer months. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> this is just the start of my list. There will be many more rules to come. Please know that I can change the rules anytime I wish. I'm like a credit card company. I love you, Sean, and I only want what is best for us. I know that if you will follow this list of rules, everything will be better. Remember, if you do not follow the rules, I will most likely divorce you. Love, Shannon. <sighs> The letter made me wonder, <laughs> is my marriage based on following rules or is it a loving relationship? Does she expect me to do these things because I love her or because I'm more afraid of the consequences if I don't do what she tells me to do? My friends, I am convinced, I am convinced that, that there are so many people who are Christians for the wrong reasons. Now, this is where it gets hard. This is what's hard to talk about for me because I'm, I'm just, kind of, just kind of worried <laughs> about what I'm going to say. Um, I, I believe that, that there's so much more to being a Christian than just following rules. Being a Christian for so many people is based more on fearful rule following than on loving Christ. So many Christians are terrified of God sending them to hell that they chain themselves to a set of rules to follow that they think will keep them out of there. Does that make sense? That people say, uh, God is out to get me. God is going to send me to hell unless I follow all these. Uh, I need this to keep me out of hell. I'll follow these rules and I know I won't go to hell if I follow these rules, right? A lot of people say that. A lot of people think that. Christianity is nothing more than a list of thou shalts and thou shalt nots. If I do the thou shalts and I don't do the thou shalt nots, then God will have no choice but to let me go to heaven. If I sin and I don't do the thou shalts and I do the thou shalt nots, well, I hope that God will, will forgive me, but to be honest, I'm really not sure. I've heard about this grace that God has for me, but I really don't trust it. Anything that sounds too good to be true, probably is. Besides, didn't Christ say to make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you? Christ gave commands. He wants us to obey them. Shouldn't we obey them? Paul wrote all kinds of commands in the New Testament. Shouldn't we follow them? What about the Ten Commandments? Shouldn't we obey those too? My friends, I'm, I'm not talking about disobedience to Christ's commands or the commands of the New Testament or even the Ten Commandments. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about following man-made rules versus obeying God's commands. How many of these rules, <laughs> how many of these rules did Jesus give in his Sermon on the Mount? How many of these rules did Jesus give in any of the four Gospels? We come up with this list of rules that are not found in Scripture, and we not only hold ourselves to them, we hold others to them as well. And we look down on other Christians because they're not living up to our standards. We impose our standards and our rules on everyone else around us because it makes us feel better about ourselves. At least I'm not that guy. 
Jesus told a story about a Pharisee and a tax collector in Luke 18. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance, Jesus said. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Why do we do what we do? What is our motivation for being Christians? Is it superiority over sinners, heathens, and pagans? Is it, is it just for get-out-of-hell-free cards? Is it fear, structure, tradition, habit, ritual? Or is there more to it than all of those things? I think that there's something inside of us. I pray that there is something inside of you, and I know there's something inside of me that says being a Christian is more than just a habit or something to do on a Sunday morning, and it's, more, it's even more than just getting out of hell. And the good news for us, if you're like me, the good news for us is that, yes, there is more. There's a lot more. I am convinced that Christianity is not about following rules and that Christianity is about having a loving relationship with God. And it all goes back to the heart. If I love God with all of my heart, then godliness will be the natural byproduct. I will obey Christ's commands, and I will obey the commands of, Christian, of, of Scripture because I want to please God, not because I'm terrified of Him, of smiting me, and not because I'm terrified of Him sending me to hell. I think there are so many people walking around with this idea of God that He is just looking for any excuse to punish us or send us to hell, and nothing could be further from the truth. Scripture teaches us that God desires that none should perish, that all should come to repentance. God's greatest desire is not that people should go to hell, but that everyone would go to heaven. He wants everyone, everywhere, to come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. That everyone would accept his gracious offer of salvation made on the cross through his son's death. That we would repent and turn away from sin and turn to God for salvation. That we would confess our faith. That we would be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. That we would enter into this loving relationship with him that will literally never end. There is such a difference between entering into a loving relationship with our Creator than becoming a rule follower. To me, it all comes down to the motivations for doing what we do. A rule follower tends to follow man-made rules out of fear. They are afraid of consequences. Or if you're like me, you're afraid of disappointing God. Someone who has a relationship with God obeys His commands because he or she loves God and they want to please Him. Do you see the difference? There really is a difference. For example... I can read my Bible every day for a couple of reasons, okay? I can read my Bible 10 minutes a day because I'm afraid that if I don't, that God's going to be mad at me, that God's going to be disappointed in me, that God's not going to like me, and that's because that's what good Christians do. But if I am in a loving relationship with God, I want to read His Word because that is His primary communication to me. He wrote this, this awesome love letter That's what this is. This book here, this book 
is a love letter. A love letter from God to you and me. And God wrote this awesome love letter to me to reveal himself to me so that I would know who he is, so that I would know how to have a relationship with him. That is one of the reasons that I know he wants to have a relationship with me. It's because he gave me his word so that I can know him better and know how to please him. He gave me his spirit. He put his Holy Spirit in me. His very spirit and his presence lives in me. That's how I know he wants to have a relationship with me. And because I have his word, and because it tells me how to have a relationship with him, and because it tells me how to please him, I know that I can please God. And I want to live to please God. I don't want to live not to disappoint Him. Does that make sense? I don't want to live not to disappoint God. I want to live to please God. And if I am living to please God, then I am free. I am free to enjoy all of His blessings and to enjoy the privilege of knowing Him. If I am living not to disappoint Him, then I am so obsessed with my own sinfulness that I cannot think of anything else. I become imprisoned by my own self-loathing, pride, and false humility. Living to please God is to be obsessed with God. Living not to disappoint Him is to be obsessed with me. Do you see the difference? There is a huge difference between rule following and a relationship with God. Rule following is all about me. It's all about my efforts. And it's and relationship with God is all about Him and His love and grace. Jesus came to demonstrate God's love for the world. And that is just what He did when He died on the cross for our sins. God punished Jesus for our sins. That's the message of the cross. He didn't deserve it. But Jesus loved us so much that he took our place and he suffered for us that we might have this incredible loving relationship with God based on his grace and mercy. I don't have to be terrified of God. I need to fear him. And by fear, I mean respect. I need to be in awe of him. I need to be reverent before him. But I don't have to be terrified of him. He is a loving God and father. He is a gracious God. He gives grace to those who are humble. He lavishes His grace on us and His love on us. He does not burden us down with heavy legalistic rules. Jesus summed up all of the commands of Scripture with just two. Love God, love others. And? All right, that's not one of them. But love God and love others, those are the two. Think back to that letter that, I, that Shannon wrote. What if, what if I just made a promise to love her with all my heart for the rest of my life every day? And what if I did that? What if I loved Shannon with all my heart every day for the rest of my life? What if I loved her in the way that she deserves? Wouldn't those things that she demanded of me in her letter come naturally? If I focused on loving her and not on following her rules out of fear, how much better would our relationship be? If I focus on loving God with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength, instead of following man-made rules, how much better will my relationship be with God? If I wake up every day and say, God, I will love you today with all that I am, 
I believe I will sin less and I will please him more. But if I wake up every day and I say, God, today I will follow all of the rules, then I will miss the joy of our relationship because I'm following rules. The question for all of us is, where are our hearts? Jesus said that the hearts of the Pharisees were far from God. Are ours? Or are we growing in this loving relationship with God? This loving relationship that he desires to have with us. And God truly does desire to have this relationship with you. That's God's greatest desire. To have a relationship with you. That's why he sent his son Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the Bible. That Jesus came to earth to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And that is truly good news my friends. That is good news. And there's more. The good news for me is that the letter that Shannon wrote, (laughs) she didn't write. And the good news for us is that God didn't write this book. He wrote this book. And this book will tell you how to have a relationship with Him. This book, the Bible, It tells us about his goodness. It tells us about his grace. It tells us about his mercy and his love and how we can have a relationship with him. If you've never accepted God's gracious offer of salvation, then we invite you to do so this morning. We're going to sing a song of invitation in just a few minutes. We invite you to come forward. We invite you to begin this loving relationship with God. If you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, then please come forward. Be baptized today for the forgiveness of your sins. You will begin a new life and a new relationship with God. A relationship that is not based on fear, but based on the unconditional and everlasting love that God has for you. If you are bound by the chains of man-made rules, Jesus wants to set you free. Break the chains of legalism and start living in the incredible outrageous freedom that God has for you. Let the Son set you free from the bonds of fear and legalism. You know, it's not an easy thing. It's not easy at all. Because as human beings, we crave rules. Now you may think, no, I don't want any rules. I want to live rule free. No, we like rules. We crave structure. We crave commands. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me where I need to go. Tell me what I need to say. Tell me what not to think. Tell me what not to do. Just give me rules. But there is so much more that God offers than just a laundry list of thou shalts and thou shalt nots. Rest, rest in his love, his grace, and his mercy. And enjoy this wonderful, loving relationship that God desires to have with you. I want to close with these verses from 1 John chapter 4. Three of the most beautiful words you'll ever hear. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. 
my plea this morning is this. Love God and let God love you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are not a God who desires anything but a relationship with us. That you want to have this loving relationship based on your incredible grace and love for us. That God, you do not give us this long list of rules that we have to follow or else you're sending us to hell. That we do not have to abide by the man-made rules of those around us, but God, that we would live by the rule of love. We would love you, that we would love others. I thank you for getting me through this. Because God, this is hard. And I pray that you would help each of us grow in this relationship that you desire to have with us. That we would hear from you. That we would know you. And that we would be known by you. Thank you for this time together. I praise you. I love you. And I thank you for loving me. Amen.